Hi, my name is Adam Bergman. I'm a tax partner with the IRA Financial Group. Today we're going to discuss how one could use their IRA to invest in real estate, opportunities, pitfalls from taxation, and how to avoid the unrelated business taxable income. So real estate is probably the most popular investment option for self-directed IRA investors. I would say that about 85% of our clients are using their self-directed IRA to buy real estate. So when it comes to real estate, what are some of the things that one should uh, consider uh, and what are some of the things one should uh, avoid and uh, also what are some of the things one should consider when making real estate investment with a retirement account? So number one, the main reason people use a self-directed IRA to buy real estate is diversification. After the 2008 financial crisis, buying hard assets and diversifying one's retirement portfolio from equities and stocks was seen as a uh, very important step in terms of protecting one's retirement assets. So that really started the trend of people using uh, self-directed IRAs to make real real estate and other IRA investments. That obviously coupled with the fact that when you make real estate investments with your IRA – all the income and gains from your real estate investment flow back to your IRA without tax. So in a general sense, just like if you buy stocks or mutual funds or bonds with an IRA, if you buy real estate, all the income and gains generated by your investment will flow back to your self-directed IRA without tax. So investment diversification, tax-deferred income or tax-free income in the case of a Roth IRA. Number three, probably the ability to buy hard assets. Um, whether it's inflation concerns or, or just overall financial market concerns, people want hard assets, um, especially today when you have the S&P 500 pretty much flat uh, year-to-date. Owning hard assets has proved very rewarding for a lot of our self-directed IRA clients who have been able to generate strong returns in a tax-deferred account. They've also been able to generate appreciation on their hard asset and also diversify their retirement portfolio from a turbulent stock market. So all in all, real estate is seen as well as other alternative assets like precious metals or hard money lending as a really good investment diversification, uh, hard asset play against inflation or financial risk, and also a, a way to generate tax-deferred income. Now, certainly there's unfortunately, like every other investment, pitfalls to making real estate. Uh, the first is making sure you know what you're doing. Uh, not everyone is a seasoned real estate investors. From my experience, the IRA investors that do the best are the people that have some real estate knowledge. have certainly done their diligence on what they're buying, have ran pro formas and ran the numbers to make sure that they will be able to afford what they're buying and the income generated will, will necessitate a, uh, a return that, that satisfies them. Um, it's also important to be realistic in, in your assumptions in terms of costs, expenses, improvements, taxes, things that, that are, you're going to have to pay, and that's going to reduce the benefit you're going to receive with your IRA. So certainly the, the people that do their homework, do their research, know what they're buying are the people that succeed. Now, when I mentioned pitfalls for buying real estate, um, the tax pitfall is not something that comes up a lot. But it's something that is really important to consider because a lot of tax professionals and and investors assume that every investment made by an IRA, especially real estate, has no tax consequences. And unfortunately, that's not the case. 
Now, as a general statement, it's fair to say that when your IRA makes passive investments, the income generated by that IRA is not subject to tax. And under Internal Revenue Code Section 512, the passive categories of income that are are tax-deferred and do not impose a tax are interest, dividends, capital gains, royalties, and rental income. So you may say, well, rental income from real estate is clearly um, tax-deferred under 512, so is capital gains. What do you mean there's pitfalls from taxation? I'm not sure I understand. So unfortunately, like everything in the tax code, there's always exceptions and exceptions to exceptions. IRAs and retirement accounts are, are like every other type of asset category, uh, Potentially, exceptions do apply and, and could trigger a tax. And that tax is called the Unrelated Business Taxable Income, UBTI, also known as UBIT, Unrelated Business Income Tax, Unrelated Debt Finance Income, UDFI. It's all found in Sections 512 to 514 in the Internal Revenue Code and is really a tax that is imposed on a real estate asset that, in only two circumstances. Number one, if you use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate, and a non-recourse loan is a loan you do not personally guarantee. So you may, you may ask, well, what about a loan I do personally guarantee? Well, what about that? Well, if you listen to any of my podcasts or, or checked out our website, you hopefully have realized that you cannot personally guarantee obligation of your IRA. That triggers a prohibited transaction. So now we have to move to the non-recourse loan. So we don't want to violate those prohibited transaction rules and disqualify your IRA and be subject to tax and, and high penalties. So let's talk about the non-recourse loan. So non-recourse loan is a loan you do not personally guarantee. Clearly, it's probably going to cost you a little bit more in points <coughs> because the lender is taking more risk. But even if you are able to secure a non-recourse loan, which generally requires you to put down at least 35 to 45%, you now have to deal with this tax called the Unrelated Business Taxable Income, or UBTI, UBIT, or Unrelated Debt Finance Income, UDFI, which all really impose the same tax, which is a trust tax regime of, of close to 40%, could be up to 39%, and it is imposed on, on more than $1,000 of net profits from the properties uh, associated with the leverage. So number one, if there's a non-recourse loan, property generates more than $1,000 of net profits. <coughs> it's filed on a IRS Form 990-T, as in Thomas, and the IRS is kind enough to allow you to take into count a pro rata share of your expenses depreciation. So your tax will be reduced, but if there's net profits of over $1,000, including all those pro rata expenses, you will have to pay the tax due April 15th on this 990T. And it's certainly a burden, a tax burden, because it really imposes a double tax on your pre-tax IRA and a single tax on your Roth IRA because you have to pay that tax, and then when you hit seven years old, you have to take requirement of distribution. If you have a Roth IRA, there's no requirement of a distribution, but you're still losing some of the value of the Roth because you're going to have to pay that current tax. Now, for example, if you borrowed 40000 and put in 60000 you have a debt-to-equity ratio of 60 to 40. So if your <coughs> rental income is $10,000, approximately 40% of that could be subject to tax. Now, it probably will be less than that because you'll be able to take into account some depreciation and other expenses, but you are looking at a tax on that. And it is a graduated tax uh, regime, but the highest tax rate is, is hit really, really early. Whereas if you a corporate tax rate, 35%, is only uh, triggered when you're at, at $50,000 in profits in a 
IRA with UBTI, you're looking at a, a threshold of close to 20000 when you're going to be paying max tax rates. So something you've got to really consider if you want to use leverage to buy real estate. <coughs> it's something someone needs to uh, really uh, watch out for. It's certainly a hidden pitfall because not a lot of people know about it. Not a lot of accountants or lawyers ever heard of UBTI. The reason most of you never heard of this UBTI is if you're buying public stocks like Apple or Google or IBM, there's no UBTI. And you may ask, well, I don't understand why. Those companies <coughs> use leverage, and they're also active trader business, uh, which we'll, we'll see is the next category that can trigger a privilege transact- a, uh, uh, a, a unrelated business taxable income tax. Why doesn't it apply? Well, 99% of all public companies are C-corporations. And a C-corp is its own taxable entity, so it pays its tax, and it kind of blocks all of the profit from flowing through to the shareholders. So the C-Corp takes care of basically this tax, and then any dividend you get from the C-Corp would be exempt from tax. So the C-Corp is paying a tax, so to speak, and that's why you're not paying an unrelated business taxable income tax if you bought Google and it had leverage in it or if it had real estate with leverage or if it's an active trader business, which we'll see also triggers UBTI. So the first category of, of transactions real estate related that can trigger UBTI is, is anything involving non-recourse leverage, more than $1,000 of net profits. The second is if you invest in an active trader business. Now, you may ask, well, it's real estate. It's really passive in nature. Real estate's not an active trader business, but that's not actually, not 100% true. Clearly, Donald Trump is in the real estate business. Clearly, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of, of companies in the United States that are, are active real estate uh, development companies, whether they build homes, manage real estate, they are clearly in the real estate business. The Toll Brothers to, to other types of home building companies, uh, they're businesses. They're listed on the stock market. So those businesses, if you did that through an LLC, would trigger the unrelated business tax bill income. So if you started, if you if you bought a track of land and, and wanted to put 30, 40 homes on it, the IRS would likely see that as a business. And then you would pay the UBTI tax on the profits associated with those sales of those homes. Now, you may say, well, hire a third party to build everything, I'll outsource everything. Um, doesn't matter. If it's owned through an LLC and your IRA owns it, it's going to be considered an active trader business because of the, uh, the depth of the, of the activity being performed. Clearly a business. Now, if you're buying one house or, or two homes, you're renting them out, that rental income likely will not rise to the level of an active trader business. If you buy 15 or 20 homes and you're renting them out, now you may have an active trader business. Fortunately, there's no clear line as to what determines if it's business or passive, facts and circumstances, but obviously the more activity, the more likely it's a business. Uh, smaller duration between purchase and sale, more likely a business. So if you're flipping homes, doing a couple a year, it's going to be hard for the IRS to argue you're in a business. If you're doing 20 flips in a year, you look more like a real estate uh, businessman or developer, and which can trigger the UBTI taxes. So just to summarize, generally, in most cases, if you buy real estate with your IRA, rental income, you sell the house, property, no tax. UBTI taxes kicks in two instances. Number one, if you use a non-recourse loan, more than $1,000 of net income. Or number two, you, your real estate business rises to the level of an active trader business. Those two instances occur. You need to start thinking about the UBTI. If you feel that your real estate activity may rise to that level, you must run the numbers. You've got to talk to your tax accountant, 
attorney advisor because the UBTI tax could really make the difference between doing this with your IRA or doing it personally or not even doing the investment at all. So it's, it's a really important uh, analysis that must be done, and it could really uh, cloud this, the real estate opportunity that you've, you're so excited about with your IRA. Uh, in any event, using real estate as, uh, as an IRA asset uh, in the self-recorded IRA world is, is really a solid alternative asset option. It, it provides investment diversification, uh, the ability to uh, protect against inflation, have a hard asset, uh, it's proved very uh, rewarding to a lot of our clients, but again, something that you need to talk about with your tax advisor, financial advisor. You got to do your research. Make sure you know what you're buying. Um, it's obviously a big asset, so uh, you, you want to think about it. Make sure you know uh, the, the costs involved, the expenses involved. Be realistic about uh, taxes, improvements, expenses. Things that, that could really uh, cloud your, your potential uh, profitability and returns with your IRA. Clearly, it's great to get tax uh, deferred income or if it's a raw tax free income, rental income, or, or gains from the sale, but you got to do your research. If you're going to uh, potentially trigger UBTI, you got to speak to someone, run the numbers, because it's, it's you know, mean makes a world of difference and can determine whether the investment works for you or not. I hope you found this uh, podcast useful and uh, helpful. If you have any ideas for uh, future topics, please let me know. I'm reachable, 800-472-0646, extension 12, 800-472-646, extension 12. You can always email me at adamb at irafinancialgroup.com, A-D-A-M-B as in boy, at irafinancialgroup.com. You can always check us out at www.irafinancialgroup.com for more information on self-directed IRA and investment opportunities, as well as uh, some of the the tax rules. Thanks for listening, and I hope to uh, do it again soon. Thanks.